Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Now at your service. Welcome to the St. Louis Composting Garden Hotline with Mike Miller on the voice of St. Louis KMOX. Though the weather outside is frightful. Yes, it is. It is very, very cold here on Christmas Eve. Merry Christmas Eve and Happy Hanukkah and just, wow, what a last few days it's been. It's been really chilly. And thanks for stopping by, though. We'll be taking a good gardening stroll shortly, but right now, if you have any questions or concerns about your plant material, as they're outside freezing their you-know-what's off, and should you be doing anything different? How about... Uh, Related to the snow, about the de-icers and all that other stuff. Well, I'll be talking about that. But if you have any questions, 314-436-7900 or 1-800-925-1120. This is Saturday morning. As I said before, it's Christmas Eve. Yay! And we can get together, though, this morning and have a roundtable discussion about what's impacting your landscape. Because, yes, it is Christmas Eve, but you still have a front yard, you have a backyard, you have a side yard maybe. Or maybe you just have houseplants, and how are they doing? Uh, especially garden space. A taste of the tropics, as I said before, your houseplants. And how should you be doing anything outside? Uh, when it's this cold, I would say not a whole lot, but you should be doing a few things. But uh, I would stay away from pruning because <laughs> you cut some stuff off and you're exposing some of the interior part of the vascular system of the plant and uh, it may cause some more problems. So just live with it as it is. And hopefully my thoughts will help you orchestrate the best option that you can finally get. So the judgment of action you're going to take is going to be on your shoulders, of course. And this is your show, and I appreciate you inviting me into your home car, wherever you happen to be listening. Another very important player is Ethan. He's producing today. So when you call, all he needs is your first name, and he'll put you on the computer. And then it'll jump all the way across the table and come onto my computer, which has a caller list. And uh, today, I'm Mike Miller. Not just today, I'm always Mike Miller, it seems like. Hmm, what a coincidence. I hosted the Garden Hotline back early 
1994. That's when the show first started. What what happened was um, there was some rainout baseball games, and I'd been coming down just kind of routinely, you know, whenever uh, they thought maybe there would be uh, you know interest in plant material and things like that. But they when I came down to rain during the rainout baseball game circumstances, Cam Wex back then was a CBS station, and they thought, wow, look at all the people that are calling in on this thing. So that's when they decided to put the Garden Hotline in the row of all other kinds of uh, shows that were on on Saturday morning at that time. And uh, if you'd like, during the week, I do what I call a walk and talk, where I come to your home and take a look at your landscape and help you maybe make some decisions or let you know that this may be problematic or whatever it happens to be. Well, let's get moving. Today's Good Gardening Stroll is brought to you by St. Louis Composting, 636-861-3344. As I stepped out this morning, uh, it was pretty darn chilly, but I did a little bit of shoveling. So when Tracy's got it, she's going to be heading out a little bit later. I just want to make sure that the steps off out of our back door, which is generally the way we always leave the house, uh, would be pretty good in pretty good shape for her. And so I decided, let's see, it's really cold. I forget it was minus six or something at that time. And then with the wind blowing, oh boy, it really felt cool. And yes, I am wearing shorts. As I always say, I wear them year round. So I'm in denial that it is cold, but, uh, it's kind of hard to deny it when it is this cold. But anyway, so I decided to head head towards downtown on Gravoy. It was nice. The street was nice and clear and everything else. And uh, made it uh, down here and I decided, let's see, what do I want to do? Take my good gardening stroll. I didn't want to walk a whole lot. So I decided, let's see, where would probably be the coolest block to walk around? And I decided it was going to be downtown. It's going to be the one that's just west of the old courthouse. Then you get to see the skyline and you get to see all the office buildings and hotels and everything else that are down there. And, of course, the arch. And the sun was just starting to come up, so it was making the arch really look spectacular. And the skyline, too. And the Salvation Army Tree of Lights, oh, man, that was so bright, those colors that they chose it, just really nice. Keener Plaza, neat place too. Lots of different things to be doing there. So if you want to, maybe on uh, here on Christmas Eve during the day, uh, why not head downtown to Keener Plaza and take a look? And so that's where I did my stroll and uh, probably uh, I kind of whipped out because my pen even stopped working because it was so cold. <laughs> I thought, huh? What's going on here? So I, anyway, but uh, that was a good gardening stroll downtown and uh, at sunrise. If you do have any questions or concerns, 314-436-7900 or 1-800-925-1120. I will tell you, if you're going out, you probably didn't need it this time with our uh, the amount of snow we had and everything else. But if you're going to get de-icer, just realize that the de-icers – if you get sodium, sodium, so in other words, salt, but you should get calcium 
and get the calcium variety of uh, de-icer. It works just as good, but it's less impactful on your plant material. So calcium chloride versus sodium chloride, and it's just much better. And also for your plant material and you know other th- other factors as well. But if you do end up, regardless of what type of de-icer you put down, you're probably smart if you would get some gypsum at the same time you get your de-icer. And then sprinkle the gypsum along the areas where this, even if you get the calcium chloride, which is a more friendly one, versus the, the sodium chloride, the gypsum, what it does is prevent any kind of dehydration of the plant material. So that's really something that you should really consider. And uh, it was nice to see all the birds that were coming and uh, enjoying the bird seed that I throw out. (laughs) And unfortunately, there are a couple squirrels. They definitely go after the sunflowers and a few other things. And some of them, I didn't really uh, shovel or anything for the first day or two after the snow fell. So, But the birds were smart enough to know that there was probably seed underneath here. So they started digging down into the snow, which I'd never really seen them do before, and uh, actually found some. And that was really kind of interesting to watch. Mainly the probably we get a lot of wrens right now, one or two blue jays, a couple cardinals, uh, but most of them are the sparrows. So, I mean, it is a gang of sparrows, probably like 30 or so, and they come and... They just have a wild time just taking care of everything. So um, Mike Miller, KMOX Garden Hotline, back after these messages. This is the St. Louis Composting Garden Hotline with Mike Miller on the voice of St. Louis KMOX. Yes, folks, I realize that it is Christmas Eve, but uh, still you might have some questions about your landscape. 314-436-7900 or 1-800-925-1120. One thing this time of year, there are some spectacular light shows. And I'll tell you the one at the Botanical Garden is nothing short of spectacular. It's kind of like in this, what they were calling the central access of the Botanical Garden. And I mean, the lights are just in that setting. And after dark... A lot of times, you know, many people don't make it to the Botanical Garden after dark for parties or anything else. But I'll tell you, you should go down there and check that thing out. You don't necessarily have to go tonight because you might be uh, with your family doing presents. A lot of, uh, you know, growing up, we always opened up our presents that were underneath the tree uh, on Christmas Eve, where a lot of my friends, they didn't open their presents until Christmas Day. And then they also had the things that Santa Claus brought to them when they were asleep. But consequently, we did, Santa Claus came anyway. So it, it was just kind of interesting that, uh, you know, we chose to do it that way. So it's uh, a lot of uh, different things going on in the outdoors as well. But uh, one of the things, as I said before, it's just amazing the lighting show. 
worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast oh that uh, the botanical garden has it's uh i mean it's it's breathtaking there's no getting around it but and it is really cold i won't i won't fool you so you go uh, i don't want to go when it's really cold but it just kind of makes it even a little bit more exciting. Well, let's head over to Mildred's yard. Hi, Mildred. Good morning, Mike, and thank you for taking my call. Sure. I was calling because I had a silver maple just uh, taken down in November because of, uh, you know, a dying and all. And I wanted to know in the spot that it uh, has been ever since I've been in the house, uh, uh, since 74, as to what do I need uh, for this spring to look for, I, do, I, do I make sure I take up all the wood chippings that might be down on the ground? And I know that there's roots that, you know, basically are still in the ground. What can a homeowner do to uh, uh, prevent those roots from still growing underneath uh, for sewage or and on top of the ground, what can I do to help uh, um, make that space a growing space in, in, in maybe a year or two? Uh, 
because I know I can't, can't put anything down for right now. What would you suggest? Basically, I mean, you're being a little optimistic even to think that you could get something, you know, within two years because, okay. um, you know, trees, the root system doesn't understand that it's uh, been beheaded. So uh, what it does is it keeps absorbing nutrients and moisture and consequently, slowly but surely, as each year goes by, it loses because it's not getting any food from chlorophyll from the leaves of the tree because the tree's been taken down. The root system will finally implode. But up till that point, it could take, depending upon how healthy the tree was, and it sounds like if you've been there since 74 and it's been growing since then, that it was probably a pretty substantial tree. So it's going to take a little bit of a little bit of time before you're going to be able to uh, put something there. So just kind of just be patient. That's the best thing you can do. And uh, probably after maybe three three or four years or so, you might try uh, you know adding some compost topsoil mixed blend into that area, and then see if you if you want to grow lawn there, or if you want to grow perennials there, or whatever you want to grow. In the meanwhile, at the top of the lawn, uh, do do I remove all those wood chips as much as possible? Uh, and and pass, I'm, I'm gonna put some pots out is what I was planning right. on doing. That's a good idea. In that area, but uh, do you get all the wood chips that might be on the surface of the uh, lawn and all uh, where a uh, tree was? Yeah, you should get you know remove as many as you possibly can because. If you don't, it's going to take them a long time to biodegrade. And during that whole process of biodegrading, they're binding up all kinds of different, again, nutrients and moisture and everything else. So if you just get rid of them, you're just kind of helping, the, let's say, the soil that much, you know, much better. Uh, and and uh, can I put compost? Should I put compost down, uh, you know, or mulch in that area or will that? be a deterrent and make, uh, you know, the roots stay a little longer. Well, if you use either one of those two two things, that's fine. But it's not going to make the, you know, the system, it's not going to accelerate the speed of the breakdown. Let's put it that way. It's going to be. I'm just looking for the, uh, you know, uh, a nice appearance. Right. So, I mean, I would put it. So it's mulch, which would be better. Mulch or a compost? No, I would say probably mulch is going to be better. And mulch that's been done by, you know, a company like St. Louis Composting, so it's been done properly, then you can just set the pots right on it, uh, on the mulch. And with the compost, it would be okay, but the mulch is going to be aesthetically a lot more appealing. Thank you so very much for answering those questions that I had in, in mind. I know it's winter. But spring will be here sooner than what we think also. <laughs> I uh, hope so. so <laughs> I, 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 I love pots, so I can put pots and, and put it where, you know, I can get the same effects also. Right. Uh, thank you for telling me how to uh, maintain or do what I need to do to uh, prepare the ground and, 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 the, and, like you say, the time frame that is needful. Right. You continue having a great day. You do thank the very you. same thing. And Merry Christmas. And the same to you and your loved ones. Bye-bye. And now let's go from Mildred's yard over to Linda's yard. Hi, Linda. Hi, Mike. How are you? Good. Good. Merry Christmas to you. Same to you. 
And we finally got a white one. That's enough. <laughs> That's enough. No. <laughs> I wanted to, to make a comment and ask a question. We had um, beautiful cucumber plants last year, and we did get, we got like 100 cucumbers Ooh. off of them. But then our neighbor planted her cucumbers. She planted her whole garden kind of late. And her plants were beautiful, but these bugs came up uh, like a cucumber beetle. And within a few days, completely destroyed the plant. She got, I don't think she got any cucumbers, but the plants were beautiful. And I got this product called D-I-A-T-O-M-A-C-E-O-U-S, Earth. Diatomaceous, right. Diatomaceous. Have you heard of that? And if we put that on the soil, we did put some on after we tilled our garden. Um, like, how do you, you know, really use that product, you know? You've, what you've done is what you need to do with it. It's just you work it into the existing soil. Okay, and that helps prevent the bugs come back up out of the the larvae or whatever eggs that they put into the soil. Right, exactly. So, okay. Should- I mean, it's not going to be 100% by any means, but it will help deter them. Okay. And then, so if we put that on in the fall, would we want to put it on? We'll till it again in the spring, put it on again before we plant our plants. Is well, it, you think that's safe to do? It all depends on how much you put down. Just read the label and it will tell you, you know, this is the amount you need to put. And if you've already put that, you know, already previously, you know, added that much to your soil, don't do any more. Because it could, again, even though something is good, if too much of a good thing can be a bad thing. Okay. Yeah. If I remember how much I put down by spring, who knows? (laughs) And the the other, the other thing is, is last Christmas I bought, I guess, two like four inch poinsettias and the one just refused to die. It just, I never had one that really just kept on looking nice. So I guess it was in October. I went online and read instructions on how to get them to rebloom. Right. And I was pretty faithful. Even he had friends, like when we were out of town, I'd ask them to give it little bits of water. I never did like flood it with water. I would say, you know, I mean a really small amount of water, but it just kept really healthy. So I started putting it down in a dark, cool room, that you know, overnight and back up in the morning in the sunshine. And I mean, it doesn't look like a greenhouse plant, but it's got, you know, it's got several rows of red petals and the little, I think the bloom is that little yellow part in the middle. Exactly. And it's, yeah, it's just about to bloom out on mine. So, you know, I hated to just put it in the compost or whatever. I did try putting one out in the garden, but that didn't work. I guess it was just too hot, even though it was in the shade, the other one, but this one is really quite pretty, and I encourage other people to do the same if you know if they want to kind of experiment with a plant and just you know take the time to do that. It's really kind of fun. To, I never had gotten one to rebloom again, so this was really kind of fun to do. Yeah, I mean, there's nothing like success. So, uh, I mean, you can pat yourself on the back because it is you know it's kind of difficult to do. So, congratulations. Yeah, I'm not very good with house plants. My outdoor plants are a lot better. I can't get my orchid to rebloom. I just, <laughs> I just, but anyway, so 
I did have success with this, and it was fun. So wish everybody on our on our garden show Merry Christmas and Happy Hanukkah, whatever they celebrate. Right. And and a blessed, healthy New Year. Well, perfect. Thank you very much, and congratulations on your poinsettia success. Thank you. Yep. Mike Miller, KMOX Garden Hotline, back after these messages. This is the St. Louis Composting Garden Hotline with Mike Miller on the voice of St. Louis, KMOX. Yes, folks, we have phone lines open, 314-436-7900 or 1-800-925-1120. Let's head over to Diane's yard. Hi, Diane. Good morning, Mike. I have this hibiscus, I think it's hibiscus, and I pulled it in the fall into the basement and set it in front of some French doors, and it's still blooming. It's, <clears throat> it's about two and a half feet tall, and I'm dying to trim it back. But when's the best time to do that? I would say just leave it alone. Leave as many leaves on it as you possibly can because if it's truly a hibiscus, you know, as time goes on, it's going to probably start dropping quite a few leaves. So just wait until the weather's warm enough that you're going to be moving it back outside Prune it right as you get it, you know, just right before you move it outside or right after you move it outside. That's when you should be doing the pruning. Okay. And secondly, I know you've answered this question many, many times, but when is the best time to trim uh, knockout roses? Knockout roses basically should have probably already been done, but you don't have to. You can leave them until early spring, so around Valentine's Day or, you know, mid-March or so. But just do the pruning on them before the new growth begins, before any foliage or anything starts to emerge. A lot of times you may have some rose hips on them, and they can be, you know, aesthetically a a value to be looking at during the time, you know, that's uh, before you prune it. Let's put it that way. I pruned them in the fall, but I didn't. I I didn't know if I should or shouldn't prune them at that time. But, uh, okay, next Next fall, I'll know not to do it. Yeah, it's it's not detrimental because they're slowing down any way they're going to sleep. It's just from an aesthetic value. And uh, if you prune them, even that late in the season, if the foliage is still green, it's still producing food that it's sending down to the root system and the stems and everything else. And that's why the disadvantage of pruning in the fall, too early especially, is just reducing the amount of food that the plant is getting. Okay, well, thank you very much, and and Merry Christmas. Well, same to you. Merry Christmas to you. And uh, 314-436-7900 or 1-800-925-1120. I'll tell you what, the wind we've had for the last couple days has just been absolutely brutal. I have a a banner that uh, actually... I bought and it was from Kansas City for Country Club Plaza. They had a, a special banner that they put on their light posts and things like that. And then when the season was over, this was in 2014, uh, they sold the banners. And I, you know, I have it out in the front of my house. And that thing, with the way the wind was whipping, was just getting, I mean, it was just incredible. And uh, very tough. I mean, they uh, obviously it was put together in the correct way so it survived. But I just was, you know, 
it really kept me in mind of how much wind there actually was. So that is something to be really conscious of this you know, wind factor. So, I mean, you look at the temperature and you go, okay, well, it's, you know, it's cold. But, boy, when you step out there in the breeze and when I'm taking a walk, you know, you turn a, let's say, turn a corner and all of a sudden, whoo, the wind hits you where up to that point, the houses that you were walking along were acting like more or less a windbreak. But, uh, you know, the wind is definitely out of the west Northwest or southwest is kind of hard to tell. I mean, we live right across the street from Christie Park, so consequently, the wind is blowing. I thought all the leaves would be sort of underneath, even though it wasn't a whole lot of snow, would keep them in place. But the amount of leaves coming uh, into our up into our yard, which I'm going to ultimately have to rake and you know put in the yardway dumpsters, it's like, oh, my goodness gracious, just unbelievable. And the amount of leaves that were just blowing around. So it was just, you know, absolutely amazing. So just, uh, you know, kind of keep that in mind. Also, if you have inflatables, realize that uh, <laughs> I don't know how many. We didn't take a drive around yesterday, but uh, the inflatables with the way that wind was, I would have to think – unless you really had them anchored well, are going to really, you know, have some damage done to them. So just kind of realize that. And also with the inflatables, whether they're inflated or whether you let them, let's say, de-inflate during the the, uh, daytime, it's going to create a humid factor. So it's going to make moisture, you know, that kind of situation. So just... You know, watch out for the fungus, especially some of these yards. I'm absolutely surprised that they have that many inflatables in one yard. But, I mean, they are real interesting looking. I'm not really into putting them out myself, but uh, it's kind of uh, uh, (laughs) some of the combinations of the inflatables. Uh, There's a house very near us that has – they must be into dachshunds because they have a lot of inflatable dachshunds in their yard. So it just it gives you a great uh, opportunity. This time of year, too, uh, you might have, as the lady was talking about, she had a poinsettia. And you grow a poinsettia just like you do houseplants. Keep it in a bright, sunny window and the, more, and the soil slightly damp. And uh, it may lose some foliage, but uh, just realize that... Uh, like she she had great success on you know making it so she could actually have it two years in a row and it's not going to be quite as spectacular the second time around but uh as it is when it comes out of a greenhouse but still it's going to be pretty enjoyable to think you've had success with something that's not really all that easy to grow uh bulbs that you have planted maybe in pots for indoor forcing uh, you can bring them out, you start watering them, and place them in a bright, uh, sunny window, and uh, you can check them and just kind of see how they, you know, watch and see. you'll see the foliage. I usually, this year I didn't get a chance to, but usually I do some daffodils outside in pots, but I have a couple that I always pot, pot up and bring inside. This year I'm not able to, but it's kind of fun to watch, you know, some I usually do with the tulips. Uh, just watching that growth coming out. 
And also, I grow a lot of the summer-type bulbs or tubers, the cannas and the elephant ears and things like that. I've got them in my garage. I left them in the pots. I'm going to see how that really works. And Because uh, historically, I've always taken them out of the pots, put them in uh, paper bags, shaken all the potting mix off of them, put them in paper bags, and brought them into the basement. And I thought, well, let me try it this way and see what happens. Also, if, you, uh, if you've listened and realized, I also left some elephant ears planted in the ground. And consequently, I'm going to see how, if they're going to be able to survive this, this frozen circumstance. And if so, it's going to be, uh, you know, pretty wild because I've always thought that I wouldn't have success with uh, my elephant ears. I've got them in three different locations, three different exposures. And one's probably. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. You're going to have a better chance than the other ones. The one that's in between Pam, our neighbor, and our house. And uh, so it's got some protection in between the buildings. And let's head over to uh, Don's yard. Hi, Don. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, Mike. Yes. A couple of weeks ago, my wife bought a uh, an amaryllis plant, and we've really enjoyed watching it uh, grow and bloom. It's really amazing, and we've enjoyed it. But its time is about to end, and uh, we were wondering: is there a way that we, when it's over, is there a way that we can keep it and going, or is it is it over when it's when the when the bloom is done, and is that is that over? No, the bloom is just kind of a trigger for this time of year. Then you just cut the flower stalk off. And then treat it like a house plant. So in other words, put it in a sunny window, and then you're going to see some foliage start to emerge out of the bulb. And you're going to end up with uh, probably six or eight leaves, you know, four on each side of the bulb, you know, growing. And mm-hmm. uh, they're probably going to end up being any place between like uh, eight to 12 inches or so, maybe 14 inches. And then just keep it, you know, going as a house plant. And then next year, around September, you're going to cut that foliage off and then go through the process, which will trigger the bloom cycle again. It's really pretty easy to do. Right now, it's just as a wax bulb. It's not even sitting in a pot or anything like that. Do we need to plant it when this when this finishes up, uh, wraps up uh, blooming now? Yes, definitely put it in a potting mix and uh, not potting soil, potting mix. And uh, probably like a six-inch pot would be adequate, and then set the pot in a sunny window. Fantastic. Looking forward to that. That's what we were looking for. Thank you, Mike. Perfect. And Mike Miller, KM Walks Garden Hotline. 
back after these messages. This is the St. Louis Composting Garden Hotline with Mike Miller on the voice of St. Louis KMOX. Yes, folks, 314-436-7900 or 1-800-925-1120. If you have questions, concerns, or comments, let's head over to Peggy's yard. Hi, Peggy. Hi, Mike. I have a question. I'm kind of jumping the gun, but I'm interested in finding out how to do or what to do to plant zoysia in the spring. Uh, Have you... Ideally, so you're talking about zoysia plugs. Are you talking about solid, you know, solid sod, or what are you doing? Plugs are just individual, like uh, maybe three inch diameter pieces that you just kind of plant in among the existing, you know, lawn or weeds mm-hmm. or whatever you have, in the mm-hmm. hopes that they're going to be able to take over. But uh, the chances of that are going to be pretty minimal. So oh. ideally, what you want to do is kind of kill the areas that you want to plant it, prepare that soil by adding some compost to it, and then lay the sod or the zoysia plugs into that area. Now, what I currently have, I have two small dogs. You were talking about dachshunds, and the yard is pretty barren. I have a patch of zoysia that's that's migrated from my neighbor's yard for years and years, but it's not very large. But at least it's grass as opposed to the mud that currently exists in the rest of the yard. So is it better, more effective to do the sod and then to rope that area off from the dogs? Yeah, until it gets established. Because, uh, and that would probably take, uh, well, the zoysia is not going to be probably available as, uh, well, it's going to be weather dependent. But let's say usually mid-April is going to be the first time it's going to be available because it is a warm season grass, and up until that time, again, weather dependent, it's going to be tan, and a lot of people don't want to buy tan grass. No, and so, that's not a so then, consequently, uh, you'd have to wait to that point, then get the you know get this area prepared, and then just lay a section of you know a couple sections of sod down. Now, when you're saying get the area prepared, you don't mean till the soil up. You simply mean as if you were doing grass seed. Well, you got to do a little bit more than grass seed, but if you could, if the if it's if your soil, I don't know what part of town you live in, but if you have zoysia, you know, from migration from your neighbor or something, so the soil that you probably have is not horrible, but you're going to have to use a, not a leaf rake, but a heavy garden rake and rake it heavily, and then put mm-hmm. the sod down. Okay, and I have two more questions, kind of related to that. Once the sod is down, then do you? You treat it as you do normal grass seed with watering and that kind of thing to get it established? No, you don't have to water as much as you do with grass seed by any means. But you may have to make sure that it is, you know, it doesn't go through a dehydration period. Like if we have seven days of not adequate rainfall, then you're going to have to make sure that you do keep it moist because. You don't want the root system to dehydrate because then its ability to establish and push itself down into the existing soil is going to be minimized. I see. And one final question. I put a red leaf maple in um, about uh, the end of November, and I had been watering periodically. Now, obviously, with the snow, I don't need to keep watering that, but should I then, once we get into January and February, continue watering again or no? Well, this snow wasn't that much moisture. So, uh, to be oh. honest, I would say, 
I would go ahead and water, you know, at least for another couple, you know, another couple sequences. I don't know how often you're watering, but uh, probably every two weeks or so. Mm-hmm. I don't know how big it is, but uh, you know, a gallon or two of water would be to the advantage of the tree. Great, thank you so much. I'm grateful. Merry Christmas. Sure, Merry Christmas to you. And also, hopefully, the tree was planted properly, where the top of the root ball, about twenty percent, is above the surrounding ground. So that's really crucial and essential. So it doesn't. If you plant right at level, at at let's say the grade level of uh, the existing soil around it. Its tendency will be to sink, and then you're going to get moisture that's going to collect around it, and that could be detrimental to the root system. Well, I had the nursery plant it, so okay. I'm hoping okay. that they understood what they were doing. Right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Thanks again. Sure, my pleasure. And this time of year, you don't want to do any kind of fertilizing on the plant materials outside at all. None. But one thing you can do, it's not fertilizing plant material, but you can do something that's called deep root feeding. And that's where you auger holes with an electric drill bit or electric drill and an earth auger bit. And what that is is about an inch in diameter auger, you know, so drill bit. And you auger holes, you drill holes about you start from where the trunk is to the extension of the branches and do a concentric circle all the way around, about two feet apart. Then you backfill those holes that you've augered with compost. So you're not technically feeding the tree directly. What you're doing is you're feeding the soil by doing that, and then the soil is really how the tree gets its food. Fertilizing is not really to the advantage of uh, really trees, but some of the shrubs as well. But consequently, with the trees, then you do one concentric circle all the way around, and then you go out another couple feet and do another sequence of, you know, augered holes and just keep going until you go out to the drip extension of the drip line. And uh, consequently, that's the best thing you can do. And let's see, Jan, can you do it kind of quick? What do you think about cotton burr compost, Mike? Cotton burr? Yeah. Any kind of compost is fine as long as it's been composted correctly. Okay. Thank you. Sure. Yeah, it doesn't really (laughs) – one kind of, you know, a compost out of one thing is not really going to be all that – it's not going to be the best. You want to blend of various things so you can get some, you know, the the advantage of the compost because a compost adds nutrients and things to the ground, but also it adds, you know – Drainage, and that's what the cotton burr, you know, really helps out. So if you have any questions or concerns, we've got another hour of the show, 314-436-7900 or 1-800-925-1120. And uh, lots of different things going on in the outdoors. I mean, you can really see this time of year with most of the deciduous trees almost totally defoliated, how the evergreens really pop out. So that really is the really plus. In the summertime, you go, oh, they're kind of boring. But in the winter, they can be really striking. Mike Miller, KMOS Garden Hotline, back after these. No, after the news. Now at your service. Welcome to the St. Louis Composting Garden Hotline with Mike Miller on the voice of St. Louis KMOX. Yes, folks, it is the Garden Hotline, but it is a tip of the trial hour. 
And I'll be giving the tip of the trial shortly, but right now you can give us a call, 314-436-7900 or 1-800-925-1120 with your ideas, questions, concerns, or comments. And by the way, thanks for having me on your show where we can discuss plant selection, caring for the ups and downs related to annuals, bulbs, edibles, ground covers, house plants, lawns, perennials, roses, trees, shrubs, vines, or water gardens. I'll share my thoughts, but please remember my answers, comments, and opinions is not the only garden path to take towards success, So, but strictly offered for you to consider. Across the big board, Ethan is producing today, so if you do call, he will be answering the phone. He just needs your first name, and then he'll put it on the computer screen, and I will talk to you. Uh, I do landscape consulting. I don't do any formal designs anymore. I'm getting too old. No, it was just... Laborious. Anyway, I'm too lazy. Let's put it that way. So you can go to my website, MikeMillerDesigns.com on the homepage. That's where my email address and phone number are. So you can contact me and I'll come to your home and do a walk and talk where I'll share 40 plus years of experience in the landscape world and houseplant world too. So a lot of times people will have me take a look at things outside and inside both and uh, whether it's uh, landscape design as far as make recommendations, plants, caring for, ups and downs, and all around. Tip of the trial is a special recognition for an individual group or situation that's made an impression on me is brought to you by St. Louis Composting, 636-861-3344. Last night, like after dark, Charlie, who lives two doors down from us, two doors down Charlie, he was out and he was shoveling us the sidewalk for us. And we greatly appreciated it, but uh, we thought, you know, we felt a little bit sad about that because uh, it was so cold and everything else. And uh, he's a pretty tough guy anyway. But uh, so Tracy's stuck her head out the door and said, Charlie, you don't need to be doing the rest of this because Michael just do it tomorrow morning, which I did. So a tip of the trial goes out to Charlie, two doors down, Charlie, for shoveling our sidewalk. Greatly appreciate that. And then two to, uh, another tip of the trial goes out to there was a Metro bus that was broken down at Tucker and Market this morning. And there was repairmen out there taking a look at it, trying to get the the bus going again. And so consequently, I'm sure they had another bus that took over for for the route, but the repairman had to be out there. So a tip of the trial goes out to the repairman for the Metro bus that was uh, broken down at Tucker and Market this morning. When I was coming across or coming down Tucker towards uh, Olive, where uh, the radio station is, I thought, what is all those flashing lights back uh, back there or down there? And uh, I, until I got there that close... I didn't realize what it was. It was there as those guys were trying to fix the bus. So Mike Miller, KMOX Garden Hotline, 314-436-7900 or 1-800-925-1120. Let's head over to Pete's yard. Hi, Pete. Hi, Mike. Thanks for your show. You've helped us a lot over the years. Um, I have two questions, or one question, but two plants. When should I trim back a... I think it's an Albright maple, and the other one is the snowball bush that blooms in the spring. 
basically the spring, anything that blooms in the spring, you should prune right after it finishes flowering. That way it has an opportunity to set the flower buds for next year. If you prune it now, you're basically cutting off the flowers, you know, potential for this, you know, this upcoming spring. And any of the maples, regardless of what type it is, you're better off to prune the maples during the heat of the summertime because of the sap flow is less, which you wouldn't think it would be, with the maples in general during the summer. Oh, okay. Well, thank you very much. Merry Christmas. Sure. Merry Christmas to you. And Merry Christmas to everybody. And enjoy this, uh, guess what, Christmas Eve. Let's head over to Art's yard. Hi, Art. Yeah, Mike, you are really a good gift, a blessing at this time of the year. We always enjoy the Saturdays that you come forth with your information and help. What, what I would like to know is, with respect to Christie Park, is that... After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois calling all pop culture enthusiasts. Are you obsessed with all things celebrity? Do you live for the drama, the laughs, and the unexpected moments that unfold on social media? Then you're going to want to tune in to the Comments by Celebs podcast. Join us three times a week as we deep dive into every aspect of pop culture. Whether it's dissecting the latest trends or just chatting about your favorite celebs, Comments by Celebs has you covered. We have new episodes out every week. Follow and listen to Comments by Celebs on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Right on Holly Hills, next to Gravoy. Yes, right. I used to go over there when we were doing a roofing job, and I'd go in there with my Vitex seed because I heard Pencamp M was decimating the bees when they were trying to f- fight the alfalfa weevil. So I took my Vitex seeds and I would walk along the, around the perimeter, and I would spread these things out uh, like Johnny Appleseed, you know, these seeds. <laughs> now, the thing of it is, individuals tell me they have to be striated. they got to be refrigerated. And yet I'm wondering, for example, like on morning glories, when they sell you seed, is that they are inoculated or that they are striated or just what is the procedure when they talk about striation because I tried it with acorns that came out of Gettysburg, Pennsylvania Pennsylvania, and it didn't work for me. Well, it doesn't. Certain seeds do need that, but many of the seeds do not need it. So it's just certain, you know, certain particular things like Dutch white clover you know, or there's certain, just certain seeds, like I said, have to have certain things happen to them to make sure that the seed is actually going to germinate. But a lot of the things uh, don't need that at all, like maples. I mean, those maple squirts, they take, I mean, they germinate in gutters on the ground and every place else. So 
But thanks, well, Art, yeah. for calling in. Yeah, thank you. Sure. And now let's head over to Sue's yard. Hi, Sue. Hi, Mike. Hi. Wanted to wish everybody a Merry Christmas. Great. You and your staff, and I wanted to wish especially a hello and Merry Christmas to Ryan Wecker. I used to listen to him at night, and I'm so glad to hear him back on the station. Great. So, have a happy holiday, everybody. And, Ryan, I really am glad to hear you. Thank you. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> I didn't know Ryan was, uh, you know, where he was or anything else. So it's nice they have, you know, fans of Ryan to call in. So we do have phone lines open, 314-436-7900 or 1-800-925-1120. Happy Hanukkah and Merry Christmas, of course. And we'll be back after these messages. This is the St. Louis Composting Garden Hotline with Mike Miller on the voice of St. Louis KMOX. Yes, folks, 314-436-7900 or 1-800-925-1120. This severe weather, if it's going to stick around for too much longer, if you live in an area where deer are present, which uh, I found out a couple weeks ago, that uh, even deer are problematic in certain areas in University City. They travel up and down the railroad tracks. And then what they do is they can do some major damage to everything from annuals to bulbs. Well, they're not going to do it to annuals this time of year because it's too cold for the annuals. But woody plant material, they can do some trouble as well as some of the other uh, wildlife like moles and rabbits and things along that line. Let's head over to Tracy's yard now. Hi, Tracy. How's it going, Mike? Hi. Very good. Uh, and uh, I just had a question about wild onions. I have wild onions in my yard. Like during the year, I dig them out, but I'm still getting some. I'm not – this tool that I got, it's not pulling up all, I guess, all the bugs. And – I know that they said the herbicides aren't good for uh, removing them. I just wonder if you can give me some tips. Well, I mean, herbicides will work, but the, but the best thing to do is to step on them to open up wounds. And then because they're not, you know, I mean, they're narrow leaves. So if they're growing in your lawn, you don't want to spray any kind of herbicide in that because it'll impact your lawn that's growing right around the onions. But what you can do is just step on them kind of rub them around a little bit to open wounds and then just paint the, paint the herbicide right on them. Okay, then. Okay. So, uh, can you uh, recommend a herbicide or? Well, you know, a lot of people don't like Roundup because of some of the problems that have had that. But uh, that, I don't have any problem using Roundup myself. All right, then. Uh, thanks a lot, and have a nice holiday. Yeah, and I mean, any kind of grass killer will work, so you don't have to use Roundup necessarily. It's just one of the toughest, most durable, so that's why I, you know, I kind of always recommend that. And then the tool that I use, you step on it and you turn it, and I was, you know, and I would pull out the bulbs, but I didn't go back in and fill them in. Should I fill them in with uh, either some... Uh, compost or should I fill in my holes with, uh, you know, just dirt or I'm not sure. Yeah, probably a topsoil compost mix would be the best thing to backfill. Okay. Then. All right. Thanks a lot. Sure. My pleasure. And we do have phone lines open 
436-7900-1800-925-1120. As I said before, the severe weather, uh, deer are going to become more aggressive. And some of the plant material, woody-wise, that you can grow, the deer really kind of stay away from unless it's really a severe winter in which I don't know if it could get much more severe than this where we're living. But anyway, ginkgo trees, oak leaf hydrangea, gold thread branch cypress, hawthorns, American holly, or really any of the hollies, uh, junipers, paper bark birches, leucothe, rose of Sharon, blue spruce, hypericum, witch hazel, and vitex like uh, the gentleman was talking about, uh, Art was talking about spreading vitex seeds for for the bees because they have lots of flowers on them. And uh, to grow vitex from seed, that would be quite the quite a uh, circumstance. So that was pretty interesting. He said he used to spread the seed around Christie Park area where, you know, Tracy and I live. So, again, 314-436-7900 or 1-800-925-1120. Uh, this time of year, if you're going to go out and do anything at all as far as pruning – just realize that do proper pruning. That's really crucial. So if you're trying to take off a lower branch that's uh, because you want to mow around it or it's preventing easy access down your sidewalk or something like that, uh, if it's an extended branch, cut it off in sections. So one-third at a time with the final cut being on the trunk or the uh, the the larger branch that it's attached to. And you only want to leave about a quarter to a half inch stub. And just if you leave too much of a stub, it can be detrimental for the, you know, for the sort of that section of the tree or shrub or whatever you're cutting, you know, from because it can, the stub can be caused, let's say, an entrance point for some, you know, some real trouble. And also this time of year, realize that it's a good time of year to. Certainly enjoy feeding the birds. They are spectacular. Let's head over to Charlie's yard. Hi, Charlie. Long-time listener, first-time caller. How you doing, Mike? Very good. How are you? I'm great, except the leaves are coming off those southern magnolias in droves this past week. Do you think uh, these southern magnolias were made for negative 5-degree temperatures? <laughs> Well, that could certainly be the case. I mean, uh, they are southern, and they have been able to migrate up to this point. But uh, as long as the tips of the branches still have foliage on them, that's okay. And what it means is if you're losing a whole lot of leaves at one time, one season, that means the year that uh, when all those leaves were produced as the branch elongated, that's the ones that are falling off. So it's an aging, you know, it's older leaves that are falling. As I said, if it's leaves that are, you know, on the tips of the branches or near the tip, that's not a good sign because those leaves should be able to stay for a couple years. And again, foliage is extremely important to make chlorophyll slash food for the plant material. Do you recommend any, uh, I suppose when the snow melts, any uh, fertilization for these or other trees? No, not the, no fertilization. But ba- you know, what you could do is, I don't know if you were listening earlier, but I was talking about deep root feeding where you auger holes 
and then backfill those holes with compost, and that's feeding your soil. Then, in, you know, in turn, then your soil will feed your tree. And you start with this, you know, going around in a, you know, a circle around the tree, start from the trunk to the extension of the drip line halfway out of that distance, and then do a circle uh, with augered holes uh, about four to six inches deep each hole, and the hole's about two feet apart. Well, I really appreciate it. Hope you and Tracy have a very Merry Christmas. Well, thank you, and same to you. And now let's head over to Ben's yard. Hi, Ben. Oh, Ellen, sorry. (laughs) Hi, Ellen. Hi, how are you? Good, sorry. That's all right. I can be Ben. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) um, My granddaughter has an interest in indoor planting, and she wants to get some of my cactus. I have an aloe uh, Christmas cactus. And then I have a pot that I bought from the, it's like a strawberry pot that uh, has a lot of little cactuses in it. And I don't know if they'll, you know, how to do it. So I want to have her over after Christmas and see if we can't do it together. Well, so basically what you need to do is like with the Christmas cactus, you're better off not to try to divide it because of all the stems are coming out of the same place. And what you should probably do is just get some rooting hormone, and then you're going to cut part of this, cut a section of the stem, a couple of those sections, then dip them into rooting hormone and get a relative, I mean, a really small pot, like a two or three inch pot, and get potting mix for uh, basically transplanting. And oh, then, okay. And then just you've obviously had success with it. So then tell her what she needs to do as far as being able to have successful growth with them. With the aloe, do you have a lot of them coming off the uh, uh, off the base, like a lot of suckers? Um, not a whole lot, but I do have some. That, that one's going to be a little bit, of, you know, going to be kind of tough. But what you might try to do is just cut off one of the whole, you know, one of the suckers coming off the base. And again, let the... Uh, the tip dry before you do anything and then just put it into a potting mix for transplanting and again a relatively small pot okay i know, I know you want to share these with her but what you might you know consider doing is just getting some new plants from a productive you know garden center greenhouse and just give those to her as far as taking cuttings but i guess she probably wants the cuttings because you're they're yours right yeah i guess (laughs) and uh what about the little ones that are in like a strawberry pot can i just pull one of those off yeah again if they're in clusters yes you can but always make sure with the cactus that you let the tip where you it's been broken off the the mother plant dry before you do anything to it oh okay because if you don't you can uh cause some rot really quickly Okay. Okay. All right. I think I understand that. So I thank you. Okay. Uh, that'll help a lot. Okay. Thanks, Ellen. Uh-huh. <laughs> and Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you, too. Yes. Bye-bye. 314-436-7900 or 1-800-925-1120.
back after these messages. This is the St. Louis Composting Garden Hotline with Mike Miller on the voice of St. Louis KMOX. Yes, it is. And we have phone lines open, 314-436-7900 or 1-800-925-1120. Again, Merry Christmas to all listeners and then Happy Hanukkah as well, the people that celebrate that. Let's head over to Jerry's yard. Hi, Jerry. How are you doing? Very good. Me too. A little cold. Uh, got a bamboo <laughs> question. Uh, cut it or don't cut it. I know people that cut their bamboo down to the ground. They say it comes up better the following year. And I know people that leave their bamboo up. You don't need to cut it. I mean, it just depends upon uh, a lot of times people cut it. It will cause, you know, more eruptions as far as new uh, rods coming up out of the ground. But uh, not necessary to do. Are you talking about golden bamboo or are you talking about uh, something else? Yeah, it's golden, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's really aggressive, I'll tell you that. I planted, I dug some up uh, from the botanical garden, Japanese garden, when we were trying to control uh, the the size of it. And I planted in my parents' yard in Ellisville. And for the first two years, it hardly grew at all. And then it exploded and just went rampant. My father hated it. My mother loved it. It's great for birds, but other than that. <laughs> the, uh, yeah, well, that might answer my question, too. I, it's been in there two years and hasn't really shot up, you know, big time yet. Right. So just maybe year number three. But I did dig a trench and put plastic around, so it can only go so far. Well, you'll be surprised. It can be pushing through that plastic. Yeah, uh, well, I guess I'll wait and see. Right, exactly. Well, good luck. Well, thank you so much. Yeah, good I, love your show. Have a great Christmas. Yeah, you do the very same thing. Yeah, I love the bamboo. I mean, it was uh, really striking. I was, you know, I had a home in uh, Maple, no, not Maple, Webster Groves at that time. I planted some along a creek, and uh, it took a couple years, but then, I mean, it really took off there, too. Then I sold the house because of the bamboo. No, I'm kidding. But anyway, thanks, Jerry. And now let's go over to Mary Jo's. Hi, Mary Jo. Hi, Mike. Merry Hi. Christmas. Same to you. Um, I haven't done it in the past, but I was wondering if it would be helpful on the roses of Sharon to trim off the old spent flowers. And I also want to wish... Ryan Reeker, a Merry Christmas. I used to listen to him also in the evening, and I've, I've wondered what happened to him. I'm so glad to hear him again. <laughs> well, great. <laughs> but, no, it's really with the roses, Sharon, you don't necessarily have to cut off the spent flowers. Usually those, you know, those spent flower buds or bud-like things uh, just fall onto the ground, so no need to do anything at all with it. Okay, thank you, Mike. Yep, if you do want to prune them because it is a summer bloomer, you can prune any time. You know, you don't need to prune this time of year. You can wait until the weather gets warmer. But just before the new growth begins, that's when you want to do some pruning. So that would probably be around uh, late March, maybe early April. Okay, great. Thank you. Sure. And uh, let's go over to Gene's yard. Hi, Gene. Hi, Mike. Hi. Uh, Mike, I have something I've been wanting to call you about for years. In 1970, my husband and I built a home on three-quarters of an acre, and we actually seeded that whole area, all the grass. 
And once we got a good established lawn, my husband said to me, don't ever water this lot again, because if you do, the roots will come up to get the water, and if you don't, the roots will go down and will establish a good lawn. And we did that, and I have one of the most beautiful lawns in the neighborhood. Everyone else has a sprinkling system but me. I never, ever water my lawn. I haven't in all these years, and I have a beautiful lawn. What do you think of that? That's uh, kind of rare, to be honest with you, because basically with a lawn, the feeder roots that absorb nutrients and moisture are within the top three or four inches of the soil. So you don't, I mean, the the root systems are really not going to go any much deeper than that at all because it's not to the advantage of the plants. So well, I don't know why I have such a, a, a beautiful yard. Well, and I Sounds great. Yeah, the neighbors don't like me very much. <laughs> <laughs> they're all doing their watering systems, and I never do. I do have a yard man who actually has a degree in agronomy, and uh, he can't figure it out either, but he has, when he plants seeds, he'll, he'll throw seed around in the fall. Mm-hmm. Um He'll water that. Right. But other than that, I, I've never watered my lawn. Well, that's great. I'm, yeah. Do you know I'm what kind be... of lawn it is? Is it fescue? Would be my guess. Yes, that's yeah. what it is. Right. Yeah, there's some bluegrass in there, too, but it's mostly fescue. Right. I mean, fescue okay. is a native grass, you know, or its cousin, maybe not that specific you know, hybrid that you planted. But uh, it's, you know, one of the toughest grasses. It's just it doesn't have any kind of real totally aggressiveness to it, and that's why overseeding every fall is a good idea. Uh-huh. Well, that's what my lawn man does. Okay. Well, I'm not as smart as I thought I was. No, <laughs> yes, you are. <laughs> You're smarter than you think. <laughs> well, thank you, and have a happy holiday season. You do the very same thing. Thank you. Yep. Let's Bye-bye. head over to Betty's yard now. Hi, Betty. Well, hi, Mike. Merry Christmas to you. Same to you. I have, uh, in the spirit of the holiday of the uh, holiday season, I have a, two questions. But one is on holly shrubs. We have some. Uh, I think it's probably a cluster of about three of them. They they're very old. They're beautiful. Um, we remember to fertilize them oh once every two or three years, but uh, they're beautiful each each year with red berries the mockingbirds and the robins have found a lot of the red berries but i have a question when is the best time to prune these things back as i said they're quite old and established but they're getting quite tall Uh, basically what you want to do is you know they flower in the springtime and then that's when uh you know then the flowers will be pollinated and that's when the berries form uh-huh. So uh I mean since they're over, since they're large and everything else and you've had success with them I would say best time to prune is when we're coming out of winter time you're going to minimize you know because you're cutting off branches anyway. Right. You know new berry production and so just realize that that's probably you know that will happen on those stems okay. that you've cut off but uh sometime around mid-March would be the time when I'd probably do the pruning. 
Okay, all right, very good. And a second question I have, I'm I'm trying to keep focused on thoughts of springtime here in this cold spell. Uh-huh. So <laughs> I'm thinking when I move my tropicals back outside, I have a fiddle leaf fig, and it's beautiful. It's probably four feet tall, so maybe a little more. And I want to cut it back. Can I root those uh, branches? I mean, obviously, it, they're kind of woody, but right. I was wondering if it's possible to root those at all, because I hate just to compost them. You could give it a try. Go to your favorite garden center and tell them you're trying to root woody plant material and see if they've got a rooting hormone for woody plant material, because they're... I mean, there is a little bit of difference with rooting herbaceous things and woody things, and then just uh-huh. follow the instructions. Now, when you make the cut, uh, to, to, uh, of considering rooting that particular cut, you want to make the cut at a 45-degree angle and then follow the instructions on the rooting hormone label. Okay, and, and just put them in a, like a sand mix or a... No, um, I'd, I'd get a potting mix for you know for transplanting okay. for starting plant material. Okay, all right. Well, very good. And because so the leaves are so big, you're probably going to have to put some kind of support to keep it, you know, keep the 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 cutting upright. Okay, okay, all right. Very good. And any idea about if it's successful? About how long does that take? Would it uh, be all summer? Or? No, no, no. It's going to be much longer than that. Okay. All right. Okay. Well, very good. Well, we sure enjoy your show. It's one of the best things on KMOX, and we never miss you on Saturday morning. So keep up the great work. We we appreciate all your information. Well, thank you. Greatly appreciate it. Thanks for having me on your show. All righty. Merry Christmas. Yes, Bye-bye. Merry Christmas. And now let's head over to Dale's yard. Hi, Dale. Uh, Mike, I have trouble uh, right now. Uh, trying to see if I should put any credence in the opinion of somebody who's walking around in downtown St. Louis this morning in a pair of shorts. However, <laughs> what I, I need to know is uh, I have some amaryllis that I have done everything in the fall, cut off the uh, foliage and whatever, and they're downstairs, and I think they're in uh, some kind of a uh, container and whatever, but I want to I plant them so that I get some flowers in maybe late January or early February. When should I do that? Uh, basically, you want to. So you've had these before. You've been growing oh, them yeah, for a yeah. while. These are old. They're old. So you you've had flowers. You've not had flowering oh, yeah. before. Yeah. I, oh, I have. I've, I've had flowering before, and and they're the they're the bulbs. I guess they may be the. Uh, they may be the uh, sons and daughters of the old of the old plants, but they're they're in bulbs, and some of them are big. Some of them are uh, maybe baseball size. That's pretty some good size. Golf ball size. And you get but, and you get foliage growing on them every year, right? Absolutely. Okay, yeah, I get a lot. So around September, just cut that foliage off and leave it about a, a one inch stub from the foliage you huh? cut off. Then, le- then leave them alone. Put them in just kind of a in a dark area. You don't need yeah. to do any watering or anything. And then after about two months, then bring them back outside. Start watering them and treat them like you would any house plant. Well, when do I? So, so they, they've been in there since October. So, should I do it? Uh, you know, after after the holiday? Yeah, 
I mean, just so they've uh, had a couple months of dormancy. That's what they need. All right. Well, I'll tell you what, Mike, take the rest of the day off. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, I'll just go out and stand in the nice cold wind. But it's, it's, really, it's really sunny. Just because you get old don't mean you get smart. I'll tell you that. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks, Dale. Mike Miller, KM Marsh Garden Hotline, 314-436-7900 or 1-800-925-1120. This is the St. Louis Composting Garden Hotline with Mike Miller on the voice of St. Louis KMOX. Merry Christmas, happy holidays, and happy Hanukkah as well. We do have a couple phone lines open before the end of the show, 314-436-7900 or 1-800-925-1120. If you've got somebody that's interested in plant material or if they're just interested in growing a, a nice lawn or whatever it happens to be, how about a gift to them of a soil test? A soil test done by the University of Missouri Extension Service can make a huge difference on what they're going to spend, what they're not going to spend on fertilizing and everything else, and could make a real difference on how well their plants work. So things like lawn. So it will, you know, if you give them a soil test, what they're going to find out is how do I go about and how much soil do I need to have it tested? And then the location locally to t- drop your soil sample off is in Kirkwood on Monroe, East Monroe Avenue. So that's pretty easy to do. So that would be a surprise gift that uh, somebody probably would not expect would to be given a soil sample uh, gift certificate. So I don't think uh, they have gift certificates necessarily, but you could make one up yourself and uh, give them something that they can really take advantage of and would be really enjoyable for them. So let's head over to Mary's yard. Mary, how are you? Good morning. I am fine. Thank you for taking my call. Sure. I have uh, some Christmas cactus that I bought. Uh, those that I, I bought a bunch, and I gave all those that were vigorously blooming, I gave those away, but those that I kept, uh, had all the red tips, but uh, I have them in a bright sunroom where they get plenty of sun, and none of the tips developed. In fact, some of them started falling off. So uh, I haven't had a single bloom from those that I kept, and I just wonder if, if there's any possibility that I did something wrong or what happened. No, there's the, Christmas cactus or Thanksgiving cactus, which are cousins of each other, they're not really easy to get to, to bloom. So it's just uh, as long as they look healthy and everything else foliage-wise, and that's about all you can do. You might try going to your favorite garden center and getting a fertilizer for cactus plants. Mm-hmm. And then with any kind of fertilization, this time of year, any kind of house plant can be fertilized, but only do half the label rate. And uh, that's about all you can do that's going to be you know different. If, uh-huh. if they look healthy, that's as much as you can do, and just kind of keep your fingers crossed. Well, you know, I had one that I had for about three years, and it never bloomed here. So I just wonder if there's something that I'm doing wrong. It doesn't sound like it. If they're healthy looking, it's just uh, you know a question of they're not really that easy to have bloom. So okay. it's not you know it's not a guarantee type thing by any means. So as long as they're, you know, as I said, in a nice sunny window 
and uh, not you know near a heat vent or a radiator or anything like that. They want to have it cool, but uh, beyond that, that's about all you can do. I see. All right. Well, thank you very much for the information. Another thing, too, do they um, do they need a resting period, like putting in in the dark or anything? No, like that? they really don't. Not okay. at all. Okay. All right, then I'll keep wishing. <laughs> Exactly. Yes. All right. Thank you. All sure. Right. And now let's go over to Jan's yard. Hi, Jan. Hi, Mike. A uh, couple of questions. I just wonder if it's, uh, can I go ahead and, and cut back my roses, my uh, knockout roses, and also my boxwoods? Uh, I mean, is it cold enough to do that? Uh, the, the roses, yes, you can do that. But uh, the boxwood, I would wait until we come out of wintertime. Because you could cut them back, and if we have a really severe, you know, circumstance like we're having right now, uh, the stems could get really killed back further than what you're pruning them. So leave the boxwood alone until we come out of winter, but the roses can be pruned. Okay, that's what I need. Thanks. Sure, my pleasure. Bye-bye. Bye. And, you know, thanks to everybody for calling in, and I want everybody to have a a nice holiday season, regardless of what type of uh, religion you happen to be. You know, Hanukkah or Merry Christmas, of course. And wish you a Merry Christmas. I wish you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year, of course. And so 2022 has been quite the year, and we've got 2023 you know, coming up. So it's going to be kind of interesting to see how things go. And the plant materials this past year, I think it was a pretty darn good year for growing things, whether it be annuals or perennials or anything else. But having successful plant growth is all related to what it's growing in. So the soil, whether it's in the ground, that type of soil, whether it's a potting mix, I would you know be really cautious personally about getting potting mixed. You want to get potting mixed. You don't want to get potting soil to try to grow things in pots because it's not really all that good. It's, in theory, you know, supposed to be good, but uh, hmm, I just never really have had great success growing any kind of plant material in potting soil. But the potting mixes, they're better well-drained. The pH seems to be a lot better. And uh, that's, you know, what I've found over the years. I've been growing plant material in pots for a long, several decades. And another thing to realize, going back to the uh, soil testing, don't get any of those soil tests that, uh, you know, home kit type things because what they're going to give you is information that's not going to be all that reliable. It's not an accurate measurement, especially of pH. So... If you're trying to find the best soil pH for growing your holly or, you know, uh, lilac or whatever it happens to be, which are different. Mike Miller, KMOX Garden Hotline. See you next week. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. 
Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Calling all pop culture enthusiasts. Are you obsessed with all things celebrity? Do you live for the drama, the laughs, and the unexpected moments that unfold on social media? Then you're going to want to tune in to the Comments by Celebs podcast. Join us three times a week as we deep dive into every aspect of pop culture. Whether it's dissecting the latest trends or just chatting about your favorite celebs, Comments by Celebs has you covered. We have new episodes out every week. Follow and listen to Comments by Celebs on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.